As you all know, 18 years ago today was September 11, 2001. Over 3,000 people were killed on that day, and unfortunately, the results and the impact, the aftermath, can be felt to this day. Among the many results of that day and that incident is the fact that there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of ignorance. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of hatred all over the world. Among the many confusions, among the many questions, among the many doubts people have include these very, very commonly asked questions in our times. And that is, what is Islam and who are Muslims? To make matters worse, there's a crisis of authority. People don't know who to ask their questions to. They don't know who to trust. They don't know who to get their answers from. Amidst this confusion, some of the loudest voices have been Islamophobes, those who have a fear or hatred of, of Islam and Muslims uh, in the US and Europe, and those who share their sentiments and those who share their ideology around the world. On one side and on the complete polar opposite end of the spectrum, those who you may refer to as radicals or extremists or terrorist groups um, across the Muslim world and across the world, really. And um, interestingly enough, although they are constantly responding to each other, they're constantly attacking each other and labeling each other as the enemy, they share very similar views and very similar rhetoric. Both sides imply, directly or indirectly, that Muslims cannot coexist with people of other faiths and backgrounds in Muslim minority countries like the US and Europe, Australia, Canada, New Zealand. That's really interesting because since the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, all throughout Islamic history, Muslims have lived in countries where there were people of other faiths, whether as a minority or as a majority. Muslims lived in the Levant region, which is what's today Syria, Palestine, Jordan, Lebanon, and they've been there for over a thousand years. Muslims have lived in the Iberian Peninsula, what is today Spain and Portugal, again, as a minority, interacting with Muslim Christians and others. They've interacted with the, with the Persians and with the Romans. Europeans, they've lived for hundreds of years in the Indian subcontinent up to this day, and um, mostly as a minority. And in modern times, there are millions and millions of Muslims that live in the US, in Canada, in Australia, in Britain, in New Zealand, in South Africa, other countries where they are by far a minority and have peacefully coexisted. This narrative of East versus West, of Islam versus the West, or Islam versus America, is just nonsense. I'll tell you why. Christianity and Judaism started in the East and have flourished in the West. What's to stop Islam from originating in the East and flourishing in the West? In fact, in many ways, Islam and Muslims have already flourished in Western countries, or quote-unquote Western countries. Islamophobes are organizations, individuals, promoters, media companies, quote-unquote scholars and experts that all spread misinformation about Islam and Muslims, purposely. It's an industry. It's profitable. And it isn't just rhetoric. This misinformation is used as cover, as justification for U.S. foreign policy. The invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, for example. The deaths of 100,000, if not hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians, and thousands of U.S. troops, and troops from other nations, and trillions of dollars in debt. And the destabilization of these regions creates more groups, more armed, violent groups. And the cycle continues. And the 99.9% of people around the world, like me and you, are suffering because of this. The New Zealand terrorist attack is one such example where, where an armed and probably trained individual walks into a mosque on Fridays where it's full and just massacred a whole number of people. The Quebec mosque shooting in Canada, and incidents like this around the world. One can even argue that religious and ethnic minorities, groups that are living in countries that are hostile towards them, like the Uyghur Muslims, the Rohingya Muslims, the Palestinians, the Kashmiris, and what they're going through, this persecution, this oppression, discrimination, this apartheid, is a direct or indirect result of xenophobic rhetoric around the world, because the policies follow the information, and other countries follow suit when they see US, UK, Europe, etc. acting in a certain way. So violence around the world is a result of 9-11 and the aftermath of 9-11 and how we respond to 9-11 incidents like that. And on an individual level, we see an increase in bullying in schools, 
bullying of kids just because they have a different name or a different skin color or they act different, their parents are from a different country. Um, we see an increase in Muslim women being attacked because they dress differently or look differently, their hijabs being pulled off and being elbowed or punched in the streets or at least being insulted and criticized. We see employment discrimination. We see masajid that are firebombed or graffitied or attacked or burned down or, or blown up. The rise in nationalism or blind nationalism, blind patriotism, my country right or wrong, it's me versus you, my country versus yours, this new tribalism, it only hurts us all. Moving forward, we need more of the balanced voices. We need more people that are calm and collected, people with knowledge and expertise, people with wisdom, people that recognize the reality that every day we're getting closer and closer to a common global village. It's up to us to use the tools at our disposal to make sure that we're interacting more with others, that we're learning more from others, that we're learning about different religions and different ethnicities and different cultures and different languages that only benefits us and benefits everybody. This global village is going to take all of us. It's best that we understand each other, that we are able to communicate with each other. Right at the beginning, we mentioned that among the most popular questions in the world today, post 9-11, are what is Islam and who are Muslims? Now, I'm no expert, I'm no scholar, but this is what I know. Islam is an Arabic word. And it's a concept. To properly translate it to English, it would take five words. To surrender, to submit, to obey with sincerity in order to attain peace. So right away you get the picture of a relationship between two beings. That's the human being and our creator. A Muslim is someone who tries to the best of their abilities to practice this faith and lifestyle, to submit their will to the creator. And we believe that this is the way to attain peace in this life and the hereafter. But our purpose in life is to worship the creator. Freedom through worship. See, when you choose your master, you choose to worship the creator that frees you from all the other shackles that could be enslaving you. It frees you from following your own lusts and desires, social pressures, family pressure, peer pressure, all the different trends and you have to buy this and you have to have that and you have to look a certain way. All those things that could be pulling you down and that can hold you down and put you in a box. It frees you when you choose to worship the creator. It elevates you. That is freedom. Freedom through worship. If you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out, feel free to message me, feel free to comment.